everybody, it is time for Love Unlocks. I'm so excited uh, that we can do this again today. It's Thursday and it's time for Love Unlocks. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for logging on. Thank you for being part of this. If you are logging on for the first time, welcome to Love Unlocks. This is the program that I started during this lockdown period. I really just felt God said, you know, we need to share stories of hope, stories of encouragement, stories of inspiration. And, uh, and that's what this is all about. It's about telling stories of amazing people that I know who have impacted my life and hear how God's love has unlocked their lives and how He continues to unlock other people's lives through their lives. And that's just so amazing to see and hear. And it's brought to you by our ministry called Love Key. We started Love Key uh, two years ago and it's, it's all about ministering wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ because we really believe and are convinced that the key to a healthy nation is healthy families and healthy families are built on Jesus. So that's what we love to talk about and get excited about. And uh, we are just so excited for you to be part of this. We want you to engage. We want you to ask questions and comment. We'd love to know where you are dialing in from. I know that the guys from Joy have made a big effort to contact all their people. So welcome to all the Joy subscribers, readers, supporters. Ali juich mense, is jy juich tydskrif lees en inskakel, baie dankie, dis lekker om jullie te hee. If you've been on a Joy travel trip, that's also great. Welcome. It's so cool to see you guys here. Welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you guys want to get involved in our ministry, you can do so by going to lovekeymission.com forward slash partner and be part of what we are doing and help us to do more of that. My wife and I are currently doing an online marriage seminar called Let's Talk Marriage. And because we are really excited about marriages, God's way, and we believe there's a big attack on marriages. So we want to do what we can to, to see that more marriages are healthy and strong and doing well. You can still join us. We're doing it over 10 weeks. We're already halfway. Uh, tonight, you'll be very excited to hear we're talking about sex and intimacy. Yay. So if you haven't dialed in yet, go get a ticket on Quicket and join us tonight. You can catch up all the other sessions and do that as well. All right. That's enough of that stuff. Let me introduce our amazing guest. She is a dynamic lady. She is just awesome to be around. She embodies the name of the magazine that she runs. And uh, she is my guest today. It is the, the amazing Erin Giorgio. Oh. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Thanks. Welcome to Thanks. Love Unlocks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thanks for inviting me to be your guest. And oh. I hope that I've got something to share. <laughs> of course, I, I know you do. And I'm so glad that you made time and that you're part of this. And, uh, and thank you for also reaching out to your uh, uh, subscribers and readers to, to tell them about this today. We really appreciate it. Um, that's so cool. It's wonderful to, to have you here. Uh, we've got a lot of people logging on. Hello, guys. Welcome, welcome. Uh, it's so good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, wow. How, how has it been for you and your family and your business in this lockdown period? This whole year has been very weird. I'm sure you had lots of plans like I did and none of them <laughs> could happen or very few of them could happen. How have you guys been coping? You know, we've actually done very well. Um, I'm very much a, a literal Christian. So when the Lord says that all things work for the good, that those who love Him and are called for His purposes... 
I believe it and I receive that. Amen. And it has worked for good for us. Um, you know, you're amazing. You become quite innovative in how you do things. Um, I've seen my, our team, our staff, just rise to occasion. Everybody's been concerned, but everybody's been doing their bit. And, you know, Hans, we've really been very blessed. What's happened around us is the magazine industry per se has been really taking quite a knock. And yeah. you saw all these big Media 24 and the big Caxton groups. We saw them sort of closing down all their publications and that. And I looked around and I had a lot of people phone me and say, oh, Erin, I hope it isn't affecting you and stuff like that. And I said, you know, you've got to remember one thing. We're a ministry. Yeah. And when I started Joy Magazine, the Lord gave me Revelations 3.8 and it said that I placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Sure. And when you hold on to the Word of God and you hold on to the scriptures that God's given you, it gives you tremendous encouragement. And that just, I had, I had that peace, you know, we always hear about the peace that passes all understanding. That's been one of the, the biggest things for me that I've experienced in growth in my, in my Christian life, is that tremendous peace. Wow. And we've been at home, I've been with my family, my husband and my son, and it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, I, and I've got an incredible team there. I've got a son-in-law. We will talk about it. He <laughs> stepped up. He stepped up to the plate, and he's just leading the reins there. And it's been wonderful. I've got my daughters, and everyone's in the business. But we'll chat about that. That's and amazing. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Well done. I'm so glad to hear that. It's so encouraging to hear a positive uh, outlook on on this whole period. And I know there's a lot of people with really good reason to be you know, worried and fearful and, and you know, freaking out. Uh, but it's, it's great to chat to people that could also be having that response, but have chosen to, to be positive, chosen to ha hold on to God and to the word that you received from the beginning. I think that um, that's so encouraging because when the storms come, that's all you have to stand on is the word that you got from God. And if you don't have that, then can, things can more easily fall apart. So that's, that's encouraging. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Um, we've got so many people saying hi and hello and from all kinds of places. It's so good to see you guys. Please keep telling us where you're signing in from and, and watching and supporting. I really appreciate it. Uh, you are... Uh, you've got a great family. I've, I've spent some time with your family and I hear that you have a very exciting um, anniversary coming up next month, if I'm not mistaken. Is it, is it, am I correct? Is it the big 4-0 for you and Tony? Yes, we've been married for 40 years. 40. <laughs> 40. Oh my word. That is huge. I just want to, wherever you guys are, just applaud that. Because, I mean, that doesn't happen nowadays. It, not, it's like the exception to the rule, unfortunately. But it's, it's amazing. 40 years, that is awesome. Well done. Um, and and I, I'd love to know, I, I always start with people's stories about how they, how they met and how they, uh, how, oh, long, no. how, how long, <laughs> so I'd love to know. How did, You're how not going to ask. Am I not allowed to ask that? But uh, I don't ever want to share it. <laughs> you, you <laughs> but can, I'll tell you. You can, only, you can only share what you want to share. So just like how did you guys meet and um, how long from meeting till getting married? Can we cover that? Yes, we can. Okay. okay so um, we actually met on a, a CB radio. I don't know. You wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> but it's a citizen band radio. 
So I had a friend we are sharing a flat with her and her father was an enthusiast and he had this TV, radio, what have you, and it was quite a thing in my my day, you know, when I was about 18 or 19. Everybody yeah. had radios in their car or whatever. I suppose it's a bit like the internet now where you connect with people and you all got little... I mean, like uh, a two-way radio, like on the farm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was your so calls? Did you have a call sign? Uh, <laughs> yes. Mine was Mockingbird and he was Dragonfly. Oh, yes, please. I love that. That <laughs> is brilliant. Yeah, such embarrassing. That is so that. cool. So hey, what happened? People do that now in chat rooms, so it makes sense. <laughs> so I was staying in an apartment with a friend, and um, yeah, the next thing we, you know, ten for good buddy, or it's anybody out there, or whatever. Yeah. And these these fellows came up on the on the you know on the radio, and and I could see by the the, the strength of the signal that they were quite close to where we were. Oh wow. It turned out his granny used to stay in the flat, the, the block of flats behind ours. So they were actually parked in the car park. And anyway, so we sort of met with them. Um, we, we, we sent them to the wrong place because we wanted to check them out. And then I saw this nice little alpha car pulling in there. <laughs> we were looking at our kitchen window. We saw them there. And we said, no, actually, they don't look too bad. So we gave them our address and they came and they had a cup of coffee. And, yeah, and actually my husband kind of went on a, one or two dates with my flatmate. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And then we all went out one night and actually we realized that we were better suited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we started dating. He'd just come out for army those days because they used to do national service. Oh, of course. And we were very young. Um, I think I was 21 and he was 23. Sure. And, yeah, and then we kind of um, got together and about three or four months later we got engaged. Three, and then three months? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> you know that you know. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, and then we got married a year later, yeah, in 1980. Wow. That is amazing. 40 years. That is incredible. I love that story. I've never heard a story where people have met that way. That is very, very unique. I, I already, I, I'm, I always see scenes like that almost like it's a movie scene, you know? So, and, and in these, in these uh, like romantic comedies, you always have that meet cute moment, you know? That's a brilliant one. I'm going to tell my mom if she's not listening because she writes romance novels. She'll like that angle. I like that. <laughs> well, she probably know about that. Those days, we all had it. It's uh, a big well, if they did it, they'd never told us about it. So I'm going to ask her if they, if, they, but I'm pretty sure my mom didn't have a two-way radio, but that's, that's amazing. The only experience I have from a two-way two radio is when we visited my uncle's farm and we were like, you know, bravo Ian, bravo Ian. Oh, we'd be driving up the pole, you know, you're so busy on your, your chat radio and someone's calling you and then you're driving and you're getting <laughs> to the pavement. No, I mean. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. It's all other world. You, you've got you've got some great kids and even grandkids today. I would love to know uh, if you can tell us a little bit more about your your children. What I like to ask is, give me give me the first word that comes to mind for each of your kids and your your you know in laws and your grandchildren. Like, tell us a bit about all of them. Okay, so I've got three children. Well, we've got three children. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have them on my own. <laughs> um, Jackie, 
she's the first one. Yeah. And um, she was born two years after we were married. A lovely girl. And, you know, she's in the business with us. She's at Joy. She started off in Joy magazine. Um, she studied journalism. And she was with Top Billing. And she was working with them. And I, I, I tried to pinch her several times to come to Joy. And she kept saying, oh, no, that's a fringe business. Too small. She wanted to go to BBC, CNN. And eventually I had to pull the manipulation mode there and say, you know, why would a beautiful Christian girl want to go and work for CNN? (laughs) (laughs) So eventually, eventually she said to me, she'll come and help me out for a month. And she came across to help me out for a month before she left for the UK. And um, she stayed. Okay. we praise God for that. So Jackie's, she's the eldest. And then I've got Andrew. I think you've met him. Andrew is a professional golfer. Well, he was a professional golfer. He went to college. He represented South Africa. He was a Springbok golfer at school. Then he went on to college in America, and he played there. He became an All-American. Um, he really did well. And then he turned professional, and he stayed professional for a good few years. I can't tell you exactly how many years it was. About two years ago, he decided to hand him his card and concentrate on business. Um, and then Jillian, uh, our uh, uh, life lamiki, she, <laughs> she's a little one, but Jillian is the production manager for Joy Magazine, also studied for journalism, loves politics, loves worldview topics, so she's great, you know, perfectly suited for the job, and she does a marvelous job. She's there now, and she's been with me ever since she left varsity. Sure. So, We've been really, very really blessed that they're all in the business, if you want to call it that way. And that's been a dream of mine. And then the hunt was on to pray for a son in the house, <laughs> a joy. And uh, <laughs> we prayed for Jackie's husband for many, many years because I wanted somebody who had the same heart and yeah. who really be part of the ministry as well. And, you know, you want sharpens iron and we wanted to grow the ministry together and you need everybody to be part of it. So, yeah, we prayed a lot. And I love all my friends. I've got some wonderful Christian friends. And they're all part of the team, always praying for Jackie's husband, Shane. And then Harvey came along. Yeah. And he is the son in the house. And so good. Harvey's busy. He's been trained up now. You'll see him in the picture there with Jackie. And he's been trained up now to, to actually run Joy for me. You know, um, I'm, I'm not... Uh, getting any younger <laughs> and I have no intention of going anywhere but you know what I might be going somewhere so you never know and it's wonderful to know that you know Father stepped up to take responsibility and help us and he's passionate about the Lord so it's been incredible that's amazing so very very blessed yeah yeah then, I love well, it so we're all kind of there we all share offices together so it's, it's really nice so it's just really we're very blessed sure I lo- I've, I've had the privilege of meeting all of them, especially Andrew, we've hung out quite a bit on the golf course, and uh, it's always, um, you know, you can always see from from children and what what kind of home they grew up in, and uh, just from the bit that I know and saw, I can only say, well done, well done. They're they're amazing people. They love Jesus, and it's 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 awesome to see that. Um, so there's, there's something that I don't know if if many people know this about you, but every time I've seen you drive here in Somerset West, it's it's in a Jaguar. Um, what, what is it about, <laughs> what is it about a Jaguar that you like so much? I must, I just, I'm just curious personally. Okay. It's purely the look of the car. Okay. I love okay. design. I love design. Yeah. I mean, there, there isn't a better design car. I mean, that, 
guy, um, I can't think, Jeremy Clarkson, I'll never forget, he just drove in. This is years ago. I've had the car for a long time. Okay. And it's, you know, years ago, he said, there isn't a better design car. There's, you can't fault it. Okay. So I'm not really interested in what's in the engine because I'm not <laughs> one of those ladies. I'm not a sporty driver. Yeah, yeah. I'm not vroom, vroom, you know, I'm not interested in that. Okay. I just love the car and it's been a blessing and I like the look. <laughs> It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. I just, I, I was curious about the choice, but uh, I agree with you. They are great. They are great looking cars. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, I need to ask you, because this has become a thing with Love Unlocks. We, we like to get to know our guests. And one of the best ways to get to know them is to ask them about an embarrassing moment. Are you willing to share one with us today? Hans, when you get to 60, you have so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> like, which one? <laughs> All right. You, well, I, I only want thing, one. I only want one, please. <laughs> and another thing I've learned is that, you know, as a Christian, you, you can't have pride. You, that's gone. And I love it because the Holy Spirit just knocks it out of you. Yeah. Everything. It keeps and us I've humble. Always, absolutely. You know, like silly things. So I think one of the things that happened to me was I was quite young. I was about 22 years old. And I just started a brand new job at a, at a big um, computer company. And, you know, <laughs> you think you've arrived. You know, it was in Sandton. I lived up in Johannesburg then. And um, so they gave me, they actually allocated me a parking bay and said, when you come to work, this is where you're going to park and what have you. And I was all impressed. So I thought, great. So I arrived there on the first day in my old car and clapped out car. And um, I arrived there. And as I'm about to enter into the building, I see, and I'd, I'd only seen him at a distance, the managing director of that company arrived, and they just launched the 7 Series BMW. First time in South Africa, and I saw this beautiful navy blue car pull up for a while, and I'm like staring at him. Anyway, and then, um, and he's ever the gentleman, he said, you first. Thank you. <laughs> so I drove in first, and as I drove down into the parking lot, I see the names on the board up there, and they said, I'm in parking number five, and great, so I see his name in number four, you know, the CEO. I'm not going to mention him now, but there was his name. And I thought, oh, my gosh. So I pulled up next, I thought, oh, this is going to be great, you know, next to the CEO. You know what you like when you're young. Yeah. And Hans, you're not going to believe what happened. Instead of hitting the brake, I hit the flip and accelerator, and I smacked into the wall. <laughs> and you said, Into the wall. Okay, I thought you were going to say into the CEO's car, no, but okay, okay. But the wall is bad enough. Eesh. And all the, you said, tinkle, tinkle, all the glass and the lights. Oh. And, and he pulled up and he reversed and he went into like number three. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stay clear of this lady. <laughs> I'm friends and make a good impression on your bus. That was my story. That's <laughs> but a, I, want to tell you, I want to tell you a funny Christian story. Please. Okay, so one of the things is everybody knows I've got a sweet spot, and that's for evangelism. You know, I, I'll evangelize anybody and everybody. And if you tell me a pastor, I'll say, even better, let me evangelize you. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is um, when I first moved to Somerset West, it was 25 years ago, uh, I met this young girl, and um, I was always trying to share the gospel with her and that, but she wasn't really interested at all. And she just said to me one day, look, cut it. Um, I must tell you that I find Christians creepy. I find that they're weird. They're fake. They, they're silly. They, they just, they're not normal people. Yeah. So I said, really? Okay, no problem. I said, do I look abnormal? Do I look odd to you? I mean, I, 
like, I'm just trying to share something with you because I want to better your life. Yeah. No, I don't need you to better my life, she says. Anyway, so I didn't hold back. So I kept thinking, I'm going to get her to church. I'm going to take her to church. And there's this amazing church in Somerset West, and they have an awesome preacher, and it's always fantastic. It was great. So I thought, no, I'm taking her there. That's going to be amazing, and maybe something will happen. And it took me about, oh, about three or four months of perseverance to actually get her to say yes. Okay, okay. So she agrees to come. Well, well great. done. Well, <laughs> That's so a lot of perseverance. <laughs> off we go. I know the message is good. I know they preach the gospel. I know that, you know, that she's going to hear the word of God. So what happens? We go there. And as it so happens, the pastor stands up, he's a gorgeous, lovely man, and he says, and today we've got a guest speaker. And I thought, no, you're kidding me. I brought her here to hear you. He's the preacher that I wanted to hear. Oh, not today. Yeah. yeah. And then the guest speaker comes out, no name, names mentioned, and he's got a red <laughs> suit on. <laughs> Who wears a red suit? People that work for Avis. <laughs> No, okay, stars. That's and and a coloured tie, you know, like very colourful. Powerful, power power tie, yeah. So when I looked at this, I looked and I saw Ronald McDonald. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you've got to be kidding me. No. And she like looked and looked, and I never said a word. I just sat straight, staring straight ahead. Anyway, so what happened is he preached a great message. Okay. Okay. And, you know, at the end, they gave an altar call and they called for people if anyone needed prayer or if anybody was moved by the message or would like to commit to life or whatever, please come forward. And she gets up and goes forward. And I can't believe it. I think, this is amazing. I can't. It just shows you, you see, you can't rely on yourself. Wow. It's, not, it's not about you. Yeah. She goes forward, she goes forward, and there were about maybe eight or nine people who have gone forward. And this chap had. I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil the punchline here. But anyway, so he started praying for people and he walked up to each one and he was just praying on them. And he got to her and he prayed and then he, he put his hand on her <laughs> and he started to pray for her. And then he said, in Jesus' name. And as he did that, he must have just chewed up a peppermint and it came flying out of his mouth all over. <laughs> no way. I'm telling you, sitting there. Could not believe what I just. It was seen. going so well until that point. You've got to be kidding me! Oh man! But you know what? She didn't even notice. Wow! I want to tell you, and that taught me such a lesson. Oh my goodness! How dare I? How dare I? Who am I to sit and judge other people? Who sure. I to sure. When God's got your time. He's got your time. Yeah. And all He asks of us is to be obedient. To invite people, bring them along, and bring them to where he can deal with them. So I learned a big sure. lesson there. It's very funny. So I'm good. But you know what? It was her time, and I praise the Lord that she got saved. That is amazing. I mean, that that gives a whole new meaning to like, pray it, don't spray it. <laughs> but sure. but it, are they locked off? Did you leave a hallmark on her head? Oh my goodness! But it's it's such a great story, like you say that she's. St- that that didn't matter because the Holy Spirit had had spoken, had intervened, had 
had captured her heart and it just nothing could could take it away and you were like worried about all these because she said christians are weird and now these weird things are happening i can only imagine i can only imagine well done for sticking it through and oh man are you still in contact with that lady i'm not okay um, she, she left here about oh, 15 16 years ago i think she went overseas all right Okay, now take many people back. All right, so guys, for a good experience at church, just you know, sign up and uh, Aaron will take you (laughs) to where exciting things happen. (laughs) We'll take applications after. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I would. All right, I would love to know. Obviously, we'll get to you know how did you get to joy and stuff. But uh, just before that, I think it's important for me and other people just to hear how did you get to meet Jesus was it always part of your, part of your life that you have a, a big moment how did you how did you become this passionate follower of Jesus okay so I grew up with the knowledge of Jesus my parents took me to Sunday school which I'm very grateful for okay and that was right right the way up until I was about 15 or 16 years old you know it was just part of my life to go to church my family weren't necessarily religious or anything but we went to church every Sunday. Okay. Then, then what happened when I was, um, it was on the 21st of August, 1978, I was invited to a movie. A Rhema church had just started, Rhema Pauline. They, they just started um, Rhema around about that time. It was quite fashionable. People used to go out and do, they'd show a movie. You know, now I know today the evangelism doesn't work like that, but then it did. Yeah. And they'd show a movie, and I mean, I always say that this movie literally it frightened the hell out of me. So that sounds bad as that statement, but here no, 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 no. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It was scary, and and it was called A Thief in the Night. And they showed this movie, and I remember just running down there and just saying no, and I was crying, and I felt embarrassed, and all these things. And that was the moment that I repented and met, and I realized that I had to know met with the Lord. Sure. I was a Sunday school teacher at the time, but that, that didn't, wasn't really, didn't mean anything to me up until that point. Um, I definitely had an encounter with the Lord that day, and something happened to me. But I wasn't discipled, you know, um, I wasn't in a, in a church that actually taught about being on fire or being filled with the Holy Spirit or, or being saved. You know, you just went to church and you were a Sunday school teacher and what have you, but I don't think they ever, I, I didn't hear a salvation message. Okay. No disrespect to the church because I was in the Sunday school every Sunday morning, so perhaps it was happening at the church service. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but anyway, I wasn't discipled. So I went along and I always had a great relationship with God, but it was always a case of me telling God what to do. You know, like, Lord, please protect my house. You know, don't let burglars come. Or, Lord, please help me with this. Or, please protect my car. Or, please help me with this. And, you know, with the exams, it's good. Please help me. And it was always asking the Lord, even when I started working, it was, please be with me if I got this interview, let me get the job. It was all about me and asking the Lord to help me. Sure. I had never been taught that I should say, Lord, what can I do for you? Wow. I didn't know, I didn't know I had that authority once. And it sounds so simple, but I didn't. Because no one taught me that. Yeah. And anyway, um, but you know, when the Lord's got your number, he's got your number. And so I went through life, and it was right up till about the age of about, I think about 20 or 29, I can't remember the exact age. And I'd had my children, and I'd Lord had blessed them, and they had been christened. Um, I married to a Greek guy, so they went to the Greek church, they got christened there, and they were all <laughs> 
ceremonies and all sorts of things, great. And then, um, and then I thought, oh no, sorry, I was telling you about how I got sick. So that was it, yeah. And then what happened is then I got pregnant with Jillian, with my, the youngest one. And I had a little bit of a troublesome pregnancy in the beginning because I contacted hepatitis, um, which is commonly known as yellow jaundice. Sure. Jack, yeah, my eldest child had got it. She'd gone on one of these health schools at, at a school camp. Wow. And I must have picked it up, and it's very contagious. So I contracted that from her. And I was about between seven, six, seven, eight weeks pregnant. And, you know, at that time, all the senses were forming in the little baby, the little fetus. It was the eyes, the hearing, and all that. And I went, I was really, very, very sick. And I went to go see my doctor, the gynecologist, who said, look, I can't treat you. You need to go to a GP for this because it's, you know, it's your own health. It's not um, the baby. So I went to him, and the GP I saw at the time, he was the national doctor for the squad, our cricket squad. So he was used to hepatitis and that, because that's the sort of disease that happens, you know, with the cricketers if they've got to play in England or in, I mean, oh, in okay. India. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you can pick up. So he was very aware of it, and he said, look, you've got it bad, and I need to just ask you a few questions. Tell me about your family. Um, Tell me about them. I said, well, I've got two beautiful children and they're fine. And he said, what happens now if this baby's dead? What happens if this baby's born blind? Sure. I was like, we frightened. You know, I'm confronted with questions that I've never even contemplated. And he said, I, I would be failing in my job if I didn't ask you these questions. Sure. Um, what did you do with a brain damaged child? Wow. Are you asking what he said, because what you've got, he says, is serious. And we don't know what the result will be. So these German measles, we know what happens. But with this, we don't know what happens. And I would seriously suggest that you terminate the pregnancy. Wow. I, was, I sat in that room that day and I was shocked. Um, I, I didn't know what to do. I was just shocked. Anyway, I left. And I remember going and sitting in the car downstairs in the parking lot. And I was just crying. And I asked the Lord, I said, you know, I just started begging the Lord. I said, Lord, please give me this baby. Please give me mm. this child perfect. Mm. And whatever you want from me, I'll give to you. I didn't know, Hank Hines, and I need to mention this. I, at that point, I was quite ignorant in my faith. I did not know that I could that I could ask God that if I could work for him. Sure. I thought you had to be a pastor or something. You know, there was no one alongside me to teach me that. I, there weren't Bible schools like they are today. Yeah. There weren't people that, you know, the churches didn't teach you that. Sure. So, uh, so here I was in my, from myself just saying, Lord, whatever you do for me, I'll, do for, you know, I'll give you my life. Use me, whatever. Mm. I'm a perfect child. And I didn't realize what a deal I was making at that point. You know, I didn't quite understand it. Anyway, I went through the pregnancy, but I, got, I was quite sick for a while, and, and then eventually I just carried on, and Jillian was born, and there was this beautiful, beautiful child, absolutely healthy, perfect, everything was great. And then one night, she was about maybe six weeks old, and she was, I was holding her in my arm, and we got this fresh, beautiful new baby, you know, and any mum that's listening would tell you, I was nursing her, so you stroke that baby's head, and you touch this, and you look at this beautiful child and you, you, it's overwhelming the gratitude you have. Yeah. And I think even if someone wasn't a Christian, they have to conceive that there's a God who's given them this beautiful child. Yeah. And I was sitting there just stroking this little baby's head, feeding her, and I suddenly, 
Holy Ghost was the Lord speaking to me. I get this thought so powerful from nowhere. Now remember, I hadn't been taught mm. about the power and the teachings of the Holy Spirit and how He speaks to you. I had no idea. Yeah. I just hear this. So what about ideal? Wow. <laughs> sure. And I'm like, oh, where did that thought come from? And I hear it again. So what about ideal? I knew instinctively without having the knowledge, but I knew that it was God. And I remember saying, Lord, is that you? And all that I heard immediately after this is, my sheep know my voice. Now, I didn't know sure. that that was a scripture. Yeah. And I knew. And I just remember going to bed that night saying, Lord, what can I do for you? I'll give you my life. And, I mean, that was like, what, 26, 20, 27, 28 years ago where I totally surrendered to God. Wow. We moved. It was just, it was at the same time that Chris Harney got shot. That's what I remember, you know, mm. politically in South Africa. And we had decided as a small family to move down to the Cape where it wasn't as contentious because at that time, Bombs were going off in, in big areas. Now, we lived in Sandton, and it's a dangerous area. You know, there's a lot of crowds coming to Sandton City. All the wimpy bars were targets, and there sure. was lots of stuff happening in this country. And so my husband decided, no, we need to move, and we need to be with us safe, and the family's protected. And we came down here, and he brought us to some slip rest. Okay. And we, we came here, and I literally was on fire after that incident with God. I moved down here, and the first thing I did was, Lord, show me, where, where do I go? Yeah. I, I need, need to find a good church. I need to find a place where I can grow. I want to work for you. But I didn't even know anybody in Somerset West, so never mind having any friends or people in my new nobody. Yeah. So anyway, it was a little bit of a journey, and within a period of literally two months, we got invited to a Greek christening. My cousin was having a big christening in Cape Town, and, you know, it's all these Greek people are very religious and they regalia and all that. Anyway, so we go. And I sat down and, and my cousin or my husband's cousin actually asked me, he said, Look, do you mind if I put you next to a pastor? Well I nearly had a fit. <laughs> no, I don't want to sit next to a pastor. What must I do with a pastor? That was the most intimidating thing in my life. Uh, pastor. No, I was scared of pastors. We grew up that in Yeah, yeah, up yeah. There. They're over there. They're man, man of God. Like, yeah. So what happens is he puts me next to his pastor, and it's his Greek pastor, and he's a really a Greek man. And then I thought, oh, what am I going to say to him? I've got nothing in common with him. And we sat down, and it was a little bit awkward. I introduced myself, and then I like, and then, and then he doesn't talk. He's an introvert. So then I looked at him, and I just want to say to him, I'm also born again. I mean, what a what a way to start a conversation. Yeah. Anyway. Really, so where do you fellowship? I said, fellowship, what's that? Never heard that word. I mean, I came from a traditional little church. We don't fellowship, we go to church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by fellowship? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I was stupid. Anyway, so then, um, anyway, so I met him, and that was a divine appointment. Okay. And that's um, Pastor Andreas Kuriaku, who's in Cape Town. He heads up a ministry called Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Awesome. And he became a spiritual father to me. You know, he helped me. He baptized me. He taught me about God. Taught me to love the Word of God. Sure. He phoned up. He followed up. He persevered. He mm. discipled. Um, he taught me about the gifts. He taught me about the infinite of the Holy Spirit. And I remember one day he was praying for me. And he said to me, um, 
God doesn't save you to be nobody. He saves you to be somebody. Be yeah. somebody for yeah. And I said, but what must I do? I said, well, start off, study the word of God, find out more about God, get to know him. He's, he's your father, he's your friend, he's your closest friend, and he's your Lord. And what happened, I can tell you at that point, was Jesus went from being my Savior, who I loved, and I prayed to, and he always helped me right up until that time. He always protected me. But he was something in my life. He wasn't everything. Sure. And he, that's what changed for me. Jesus wow. became everything. Yeah. And he became my Lord, not just my Savior. And my life started to change. Mm. You, know, you do. You change. Yeah. This the things you like change. The things you hold dear change. Your motivation for life changes. Um, and that's what happened. And so everything happened. We moved down here and it was all happening at, the, at once. And Somerset West is a very spiritual town. I mean, there are many, many wonderful Christians and wonderful men and women of God in this town. So it helps. The climate is different. Yeah. So it's easy to be a Christian. You know, it's it's normal. It's normal. I think more people are Christian than not. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the odd one out anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that zealous one. It's you know. And I think Heinz God uses your personality too. You know, he doesn't change your personality, he changes your character. Yeah. And I've always been quite zealous and passionate for stuff, but now I had a cause. So I wasn't like a I could have been a rebel without a cause. <laughs> But now I'm a rebel for Jesus. I I love justice and righteousness, and I'm happy to be in the front line. I know that the Lord protects me. Yeah. Put me out there. I mean, I'm happy to evangelize. I'm going to Lavender Hill, and sometimes people say, "How can you go there?" You know, it's Lavender Hill. No, I'm happy. Take me because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. And if He says that, He means that. And so yeah, I've learned to take the Word of God literally. You know, and I apply so it. So good. So good. Yeah, and I've been in a lovely church. I've been a member of the Baptist Church here in Somerset West for like 20, 22 years. Sure. My kids come up in Sunday school. They, 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 they don't know any other way. I mean, that's what we do in our house. So I've been very blessed that my, all three of my children serve the Lord and love the Lord. And um, it's made our life very easy. We don't have some of the heartache that many, many folks have had to endure. They've only been a blessing, and I hope that it continues all the days of my life. Sure. <laughs> so, well That's done to you so and good. Bring up your kids. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's, 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 it's our focus, it's our passion, it's, it's not easy. Uh, we, we constantly have to explain to them why we do things differently, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's the only way. And like I said earlier, your, your life is a testament to, to that, to loving your children well and raising them in the ways of God, because you see that, yeah, that's the, probably the, the best legacy we all can have, you know, is, is our children serving God. So that's, that's beautiful. Um, you, you, you were running a computer company i'm not exactly sure what kind for a long time you were basically a corporate powerhouse and then made a big shift to to media i mean not just media christian media um i'm assuming this has something to do with you getting that message of what are you going to do for god and god leading you can you tell us how that happened how you got that specific instruction uh, or, or motivation to step into media and specifically Christian media and start this magazine? 
So what happened was, as I moved down here, as I told you, I met um, Pastor Andreas, who was encouraging me to, you know, you, you either, you're either a Christian or you're not. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. You married to Greek, and when you've got Greek pastors around you, that's it. So good. So good. So, you, you must work for Jesus now. So I said, okay, well, how do you do that? You can't be a self-appointed, unqualified, ignorant person. You know, you're not a pastor. What do you do? <laughs> I mean, so what do you do? And, um... Yeah, so I went to Bible school, I started studying, um, and I met another Greek who's also had a huge impact in my life, and that was Nico Burgess. Now, Nico at the time was the editor and the owner of Christianity Today. So okay. Sorry, and can I just interrupt you for a moment? When you meet other Greeks, do you guys speak Greek to each other? Do you still, or do you just have Greek enough. phrases? <laughs> I speak enough to get a discount in a cafe. Okay. And okay. I'm passionate about Greeks and Greek food. We actually Cypriot. There's a bit of a difference. Okay. 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 You don't find out what the difference is. Okay. And, um, That's awesome. And, yeah, I love it. So I adopted the Greek culture when I married um, Tony because I just loved it. I loved the fact that they had a culture and I wanted my children to grow up like this. Yeah. So they had Greek weddings. The girls have both been married and, you know, they had all the traditions lovely. And, awesome. Um, uh, we, we eat Greek food and we do Greek things. So, yeah, when I meet other Greeks, I always test them to see how Greek they are. <laughs> it's just their surname, <laughs> especially South African Greek. Yeah. Like Greek. But anyway. Anyway, so, so you met this guy. Uh, sorry for the interruption. I just met Nico and um, I, uh, I started, I had a passion that I wanted to lead other people to the Lord. So, it was quite lonely being a business person in Somerset West yeah. and not knowing any other Christian people. So, I thought, how am I going to find them? And I very soon learned that you've got to make them. So that means you've got to evangelize them. That's you, good. You know, there's a homogeneous factor. You want to hang out with your own sort of people, you've got to make them. Well done. And, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that, that's what happened. And um, I met, I started doing a book. Oh, God, Tony gave me, that's my husband, Tony. He gave me a ticket to go to the Bahamas, to Miles Monroe's um leadership conference that he has wow. and that was like 20 years ago sure and I'll and at that conference you know I mean Miles Monroe's teaching was phenomenal and it was very impactful in, in how to be an effective business marketplace minister and so forth sure and I came back and I remember flying back on the plane saying Lord please show me what can I do for you and you know Miles Monroe put out a challenge as well and so I got this idea was I was going to produce this book called Mentors. I've always been passionate about mentoring and sharing your faith and sharing. You know, if you can learn from a mentor, why make mistakes? You know, sure. It's so expensive. So I wanted Christian business people to share their skills. And to, so it, it helps to evangelize business people if you if you use the same type of people. Yeah. But I then discovered the secret service. <laughs> they were all underground. And I had to go and find them, and it wasn't easy. Sure. So I started voting all the big churches, finding out who their businessmen's committees, who headed it up. And then I started finding some great guys. I mean, the CEO of Samsung at the time in South Africa, he was a Christian. The CEO of Avenger Engineering, mm. um, some big names. Wow. And I went and I interviewed them and sat in the boardrooms with them, prayed with them, and got them to start sharing their stories. So I published a book. I had this vision of this book at the time. Called Mentors, which was the vision, values, and victories of some of the top businessmen in South Africa. So good. And I love the fact that they were all Christian and that they weren't ashamed of the gospel. They were bold. I had mm. the CEO of Sassel, 
And at that time, Heinz, that guy ordered 2,000 books. They used it as a standard in the organization as a train book. Wow. David Malafo. Mate, David Malafo took 5,000 books and he shared them all across South Africa. Wow. We, we did well. And, that's amazing. Um, yeah. And so that's what it was. So I've always had a passion. And then I remember, this is my favorite book here. Jesus CEO. Beautiful. And that changed my life. And it was just how Jesus used his, the principles that he used, how we can apply them in business. And I started writing courses and sharing that with business people. And I mean, I had some of the big um, secular companies, computer companies actually all coming on the course because I could guarantee them success. Yeah. Because with Christ, and if you use the Lord's principles, you can't fail. So good. So, I'm going to say this, and people are going to get cross at me, but I say it. You can't be a loser if you're a Christian. Sorry. Preach <laughs> <laughs> it. No I love it. So good. But there's no such thing as a loser because you're a winner. Yeah. You, know? you just can't. The Lord says that you can do all things for Him. He'll strengthen you. He gives you wisdom. You can tap into it like that. Amen. And and so, you know, that's why I did it for a long time. I was um, teaching this. And then where I met Nico was I needed to put this book together, but I didn't have the skill. And he was in publishing and that. And my pastor had given me a, a Today magazine. So I saw his name there. So I thought, okay. And they were offering a tour to Israel. So I booked to go on a tour of Israel so that I could sit next to him on the seat on the plane. Then I was guaranteed that I had him for 12 hours and he couldn't go anywhere. Well done. Good planning. Now, would you? Would you see? Anyway, and that's how we met, and we've become great, great friends over the years. And, um, yeah, Nico had it today, and then eventually, um, today was a devotional type, wonderful publication, wonderful. But it didn't deal with biblical worldview, and I was, that's my passion, was mm. educating and informing people of a biblical worldview. Yeah. How do you create your faith in your job, in society? And, yes. You know, and there were a couple of incidences and things going on in Johannesburg that disturbed me a little bit, and it needed a Christian voice, but there wasn't a publication that, that did worldview teaching. So I really desired that and wished for it. And then suddenly at the same time I went to a dinner, and one of the guys who, 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 was, who was a director of CTP, who used to own the old Joy magazine at the time, but they had closed it down, it had been closed down for two years at that point. Mm. He sat next to me, and he, they were involved with publishing our book and all that. He said, so what are you doing? Are you still publishing? I said, no, I'm not a publisher. That was just, that was just something I wanted to do. And he said, it's a pity you didn't have Joy Magazine because we had a COVID down here. Sure. And anyway, I left that night, came home, went to sleep, and woke up at about four in the morning. And my heart was pounding in my throat. You know, sure. it was accelerating. Yeah. And thinking about this, the Joy Magazine, the Joy Magazine. Mm. So my husband up and the next day we went to go see this man and actually decided that um wanted to buy the intellectual property rights to the name joy and restarted but as a biblical world republication sure. and that's what we did so the rest is history within four months we had it up i had no experience in publishing hadn't got a cooking clue but what i did have is jesus christ yeah and lord my savior and i had a passion and a vision and I got a bit of Seichel as well. You know, I grew up in a Jewish area, so I know these things. Put <laughs> <laughs> so, this together and the rest is history. I mean, it's what, 14, 15, 18, I don't know. We, we're now 14, 15 years old as the new joy. And God has blessed it. That's amazing. Now, here we go. Here's Nico. Yeah. And, I mean, wonderful, wonderful man of God. 
And about, oh, it must have been about 10 years ago, we took over the Today magazine. Um, they just ceased to publish and we uh, amalgamated it and said we want one powerhouse magazine sure. that serves all the denominations in South Africa. And the Lord blessed us and, you know, it's combined with joy. That's amazing. And, you know, you say the rest is history, but it hasn't necessarily been an easy history. Um, I know that you guys have had a few challenges. Um, I, I know that there's, there's been issues getting your magazine into certain stores, uh, being banned. Um, how, have you, how have you handled and overcome some of those challenges that you guys have faced? Well, again... It's always, you know, relying on the Lord. And when he says that he'll make a way, when there seems to be no way, he will. So it's never losing hope. It's taking the word, literally applying it, find the foundational scriptures, stand on it, and fight the good fight. So good. It's a good fight because you always win. But you just don't necessarily always know, you know, the navigation. God doesn't lay it out perfectly in front of you because he wants you to rely on faith. And that's what we do. Even we got hacked. You knew that. We got hacked and they took down our systems as ransomware. I was going to ask about that, yeah. Oh, sure. You know, the Lord got me. I started negotiating with a hacker. No one's ever heard of this. Ransomware, <laughs> you negotiate. Yeah. But Christ, all things is possible. Yeah. And we did. We eventually got it sorted out and it was like a little minor hiccup. It's a road bump. You know, when sure. you know, if you're in the will of God, you're in the right place and you if you're doing the right thing, Hans, you know, you, we, we pay our tithes, we pray, we have a devotion every morning, we honor God. There's a reward for honor. Sure. It's called His reward, and, and God blesses you. So and good. It's that that we stand in. We, we have intercession. I've got a prayer partner that I've had for 25 years. Every single week, never miss a time with you. Mm. Just being faithful, overseeing our pastors, just helping us. I've got a wonderful team that love the Lord. And, you know, you've got to believe God's word. And if you believe God's word, it is what it is. And mm. it blesses you. <laughs> so you overcome those little things. They become obstacles, you know, but they're not, they're not problems. They're I, fine. I'm so encouraged because what I'm, what I'm hearing is that you're so aware and so convinced that your God is bigger than anything you can face, that his word is true, so that when those things come along... You see it from that perspective. It's just, oh, it's just a bump in the road. <laughs> Many people will completely freak out. So, I mean, <clears throat> just practically, if, if I, I feel like we, we need to make this practical for people because they can listen to, to you, to me, and go, yeah, well, you've got it easy, or, well, I don't have that same belief or conviction. Um, but it, it's, it's a road that you decided to take, that you walk out every day. Like you say, you've got things in place for a, for a reason, because you yeah, understand certain things about the spiritual realm, the Word of God. So for someone listening that's running a business or a, or a ministry or whatever it might be, going through a hard time, how, how do they walk through their bumps in the road day, day by day to get to that other side of that victory that you know is on the other side? Well, uh, the one thing I would say is to be obedient to the Word of God. One mm. Get undercover. The amount of people that are not in church is frightening. Yeah. You need to be undercover. You need your pastor. You can't do this on your own. God has appointed him to over, you know, they pray for you when you can't pray. Stand with you. They see things. So, one, get undercover. So Two, good. I'm going to show you this. This thing is my life. It's old. It's my faith scriptures. So, these scriptures, 
Okay, they're on my wall, they sit on the wall next to my desk, wherever I go. I repeat them, I won't say daily, but almost every day. Can you read us, can can you maybe read us the first two or three? Yes, my favorite, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Um, Why should I lack when I know that God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory? Mm. Why should I fear when the Bible says that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind? Why should I lack faith to fulfill my calling knowing that God has allotted a measure of faith to me? Why should I allow Satan's supremacy in my life um, when he says that greater is he that is in me than against me? Why should I lack wisdom when Christ gave me wisdom and he gives wisdom generously to anyone who asks for it? Why should I accept defeat when the Bible says that God always leads me in triumph? Mm. Why should I worry and fret when I can cast all my anxiety on Christ who cares for me? Why should I ever be in bondage, bondage knowing that there is liberty in the spirit of the Lord? Why should I feel condemned when the Bible says that I'm not condemned when I am in Christ? Why should I feel alone when Jesus said that he is always with me, that he will never leave nor forsake me? Sure. Why should I feel accursed to that uh, of a victim and a bad luck when the Bible says that Christ redeemed me from the curse and the law so that I might receive his spirit? Why should I feel worthless when Christ became sin on my behalf that I might become the righteousness of God in him? Mm. Why should I have persecution complex knowing that nobody can be against me when Christ is for me? Why should I be confused when God is the author of peace and he gives knowledge through his spirit? Why should I feel that I'm a failure when I'm a conqueror of all things in Christ? And lastly, why should I feel the pressure of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world and his tribulations? Now, all those promises, Hans, it's for every one of us. So I encourage people, go, go to the internet if you must. Just type in faith scriptures and gather them all. Mm. Own them. Confess them. And live it. So and have good. an intercessor praying for you. And get yourself involved with Christians. Get into a home group or under a ministry or a church, a pastor that prays for you, that cares about you. So the good. shepherd of your soul. So, you know, if you're obedient to God, pay your tithes. Do everything. Do things right. It's okay. Then walk in perfect health. Walk in, walk in peace. And that's what I can say. It's that peace. And enthusiasm, it comes from the Lord. It gives you power. Yeah. That's so good. I got goosebumps all over when you read those scriptures, and it's 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 so powerful. And I can just uh, just say amen to that and encourage people to do the same. Since I started doing daily faith declarations based on the Word of God, it has just shifted something inside of me. And then you you also your cup is full, so you can be a blessing to others and and help them and encourage them. Uh, it's it's when we start dragging each other down when we're not moving forward, and and we just uh, we fall in the same kind of hopelessness and despair that the world falls into and and I, I love the fact that you are 
you are f- your focus is to bring a biblical worldview. I, s- I see the things that you stand for, the things that you fight for. Uh, you and Errol Naidu do a lot of stuff together, and I have so much respect for that. Um, you're really standing up for biblical worldview values in our nation, and it's making such a big impact. I would love to know, what is, what is your message at this time to South Africa, and what is your message to the church in South Africa? So, the message is to South Africa is that God is a God of geography. And God had you born here. Mm. And he's put gifts and talents into you that you can use and rise up. I encourage the church in South Africa to unify, to work together, to stand together. I encourage you to pray, to take God at his word, to trust him that he'll get us through and that he will use us to make a difference. Mm. Greater is he that is in us than that is in the world. We've got to believe it. We have to speak it. We have to enact it. Let your fruit show who you are. Mm. You know, we need to be bold. We cannot anymore have a quiet, gentle little faith. No, we need to stand. And we need to stand together. Because where there's unity, God will come and bless him. So that's the message. To the church, it's going to be tough. Things are going to be tough now when we open up again. Mm. Because you're going to find that, you know, if somebody was on the cusp or a bit of a flaky Christian, you're going to want to come back. It's comfortable <laughs> watching on Zoom and watching online. It's lovely. Yeah. We must never forget that the Lord said, do not neglect, neglect. the gathering of the saints. Amen. Because Amen. iron sharpens iron and we stir it up. And that's why I love like your show as well. Is Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. We, we need to do that. And we need to live Christ. And we need to be bold. It's up to us whether this country succeeds and stands or falls. It's not up to the government. It's up to the Christians. Yes. And it's been prophesied that we're going to be a revival worldwide. People are looking. But we need to get our own houses in order so that people want to follow us. They want to, to we're following Jesus in us. But they, we need to actually be good examples. Yes. So we need to clean up. We need to speak up. And we need to watch what we say. We need to watch what we put in. And um, we need to be positive. So good. How do you think it's... It's practically, what is needed practically for the Church of South Africa to actually stand in unity? I'm also passionate about it. I believe that it's, it's on the heart of Jesus, our Savior. He prays about it in John 17. Ask the Father that we will be one as they are one. What do you think that looks like and what do we need to do to achieve that in this nation? Hence, the pastors, they're the leaders, they're the spiritual leaders, yeah. and they need to get together. They need to break down denominational barriers, and they need to get together. They need to pray together and come together in one accord, mm. so that there's one message. Yes, You can't have those saying this and this saying this. There's too much uh, division, and, and, and I think that they need to get together and need to be seen. And I'm happy to offer all that PRO. You will be happy to offer that too. They need to be seen together, having conversations, sorting out the problems, advising people. We people, you know, the church has been very quiet in lockdown. Mm. There's, 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 there are a few voices, and make no mistake, there are some youngsters, some incredible, and I love it when young people rise up. There's some strong people. I don't know if they need cake. There's a youngster that's making a difference. He's standing up. He's working tirelessly, and I get so excited. It's about. 40, and he's a youngster. It's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we need the youngsters to stand up there yeah. and just be bold. So, yeah, I encourage the, the pastors to get together, unify, 
And sometimes you've got to come a little bit radical from the left and make a noise so that the, the media notices you, so that you, um, you, you know, you, you speak out. And that's what we need. There's too many other voices and government voices speaking. We need pastors to speak. And that's what's going to motivate the people. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder if I can, uh, can ask you to, to talk on a few difficult subjects. The, the, the whole thing about the church not being able to gather. Um, what are your thoughts and feelings on that? Well, you know, there are some churches that are gathering. Now, when I say that, I'm saying that they're gathering with their loud the 50 people. Okay. So their leaders and their um, cell leaders and their prayer meetings are still going ahead. Yeah. I don't know how many are having prayer meetings, but they, I have I do get a testimony of many that are, okay. and they're standing strong. They're getting fired up. Awesome. So yeah, I, I understand that we need to be obedient to um, the to the laws of the land, and also respect and understand that the older folk are nervous of getting COVID because they don't know. But I do. I mean, some people have taken it to extremes. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Wearing a mask helps and social distancing. And you can go to the shop. Why would you not visit your family? Yeah. I praise God. I've got a family. They're full of faith. And they come and they bless us. And I love the family. And I, 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 I don't know where we'd be without our family. Yeah. And we respect boundaries. There are boundaries. I mean, Jillian is a diabetic. She's got diabetes one. She can't afford to get COVID. But you know what? She knows she's not going to get it. She belongs to Jesus. Amen. And so she takes her protections. Yeah. But you know what? You look ridiculous. Yeah. We also got to get on. We are we are the church. We must show people that we we don't operate in fear. Yeah. And uh, what if what if we have a situation like they have in California right now with a uh, I've told the church you're not allowed to sing. Then you're not allowed to meet at all. It's just, it's crazy. I'm I'm following Sean Foyt from Bethel and his efforts to bring the church back together and seeing this revival. Um, you know, on the one hand, I think it's ridiculous what they're doing from a government point of view. On the other hand, I'm seeing something happening out of that that it, that is positive. Do you do you think we'll see a revival in South Africa from this pressure, this this difficult situation? Um, how do we, as the church, handle that going forward? We will see revival because it's been prophesied that we will, and that revival will come again if the pastors get together and work together and promote mass evangelism and share the gospel and take over the airwaves and start doing things together. You know, um, we need to have a strong voice, yeah, and that's what's missing sometimes. So. We need to be very strong. And yes, no, nobody will stop me singing praises to the Lord. No, no, can't do that because that's now overstepping a boundary, I exactly. think. Exactly. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I, it's, be I, it's become, I mean, you're in media. We, we're supposed to have a basic human right of freedom of speech. How have you experienced the, you know, the on the receiving end of that? Have have you guys been muzzled? Have you been forced to retract certain things? Mm. Have you been forced off certain shelves? Is that freedom of speech? I haven't had those problems yet. Um, okay. I think the Lord is protecting the pride because, you know, again, God ordered joy. So he yeah. put it out there and he'll yeah. watch over it. And it's full of God's word. Our magazine doesn't compromise. I it is it. filled with the word of God. And, you know, God watches over his word to perform. So Amen. as long as we in right standing with God, I believe that he will protect us. And, in fact, it's wonderful to see the Joy magazine now on the shelves because all the other magazines, the Goliaths have gone, David is standing. And I thank <laughs> Jesus for that. So <laughs> good. I love that. Yeah. But we do need the support. I mean, you know, we haven't been able to get magazines out as easily. 
There have been difficulties. Our distribution has changed. We have had a few problems. Let's make no mistake. Um, and how we overcame it during the, the first part of lockdown was we had to print articles with coronavirus. We had to talk about it. Mm. And we do. We offer faith because yeah. we spoke about it, but we come from a different angle. Yeah. We come from, you know, from a biblical perspective. We don't fear pandemics. Uh, pandemics, we, we, honor, we respect that it's happening, but we also use the time to pray for others and to help them and to give them words of encouragement. So but good. when I see Christians that are fearful and they don't want to do anything and they're like, oh, it does disturb me. Yeah, I must be honest, and it's, it doesn't it doesn't make me happy because um, we we are the example. So I do think so that we also need to get a grip of ourselves and find out and remind ourselves who is our master. Yeah, so good. You said that you're a, ever the evangelist. I love that about you. Can can you make a short invitation to those that are listening that may be listening from somewhere and they. They are encouraged, inspired. Maybe they realize, whoa, I've, you know, I'm just a cultural Christian. I'm a fence sitter. Or maybe they like encountering God for the first time today. Will you please make an invitation and lead them in prayer to come to Jesus? I sure will. I would like to say if there are any Christians out there that are, you know, look, it's mainly joy Christians, I think, that are out there, so they should be on fire for God. <laughs> I just need to remind everyone that Jesus really spoke harshly about the lukewarm church and, you know, that we, we really do need to be on fire. We're either for him or we are against him, but you can't sit in the middle of the road. So I want to encourage you, if through ignorance like I was when I thought that I, you know, that I, I was always saved and I knew I was going to heaven, but I never did anything to help the Lord. I only did things to help myself. I pray that if you're in that position, that you will consider today to make Jesus Lord of your life. And that's in every area. Ask him to come in and just take over how you play sport, how you operate in your business, how you treat your family, how you approach what you watch, what you listen to, the people that you deal with. I'll ask you to, to consider today to make a change and say, Jesus, come in as Lord, Lord of all. Mm. And I'd like to um, close with a prayer that I want to invite you to join with me. If you really want to be on fire, you want to be filled with faith and not fear, I invite you now to, to just pray this prayer with me. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And we thank you, thank you, Lord, that you have made the gospel freely available to each one of us who are listening. Thank you, Lord, that we can operate with your power through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. I want to ask, Lord Jesus, if you will also touch those hearts that are sitting on the fence. I ask, Lord God, that you will excite them and ignite them with a passion to know you more and to experience your peace and to know that they are safe and loved by the heavenly Father. So, Lord, I want to thank you that this invitation extends to each and every person who's listening now. I pray that you will say this after me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to this world. Thank you that he died on the cross and paid the price for me. Thank you, Lord, that I could step into salvation. 
need to confess my sins, Lord, and recognize that I am a sinner and that I can never be perfect. But that's through Jesus Christ who paid the price. I can be washed clean. I can be acceptable to you, Lord. So I confess my sins, Lord, and I say, forgive me. And I invite you, Jesus, right now, I ask that you come into my heart. I pray, Lord, that you renew my mind, the washing of your word. Give me a love, Lord, for the word of God. Draw me into your word. Lord, I want to read it each and every day of my life. And I pray, Lord, that as that word comes in, it will strengthen me and give me a new lease on love. And that I might take hold of your Holy Spirit's gifts and release them to those around me. Mm. And that I will find purpose, Lord. And I will know who I am and that I could be part of this revival that is coming. Mm. And Lord, that I can one day stand before you with many others that I've influenced. Pray, Lord, that you will help me to bring people to Christ and just to share what you've done in our lives. I invite you now, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for this opportunity, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. And I'd like to pray for every Christian businessman and woman, every minister of the gospel in whatever way, just that they will be encouraged today, Lord. I thank you that the words that were spoken, the scripture that was shared, the, the, princi- the, the principle of making you Lord, obeying your word, standing on your word. Lord, I pray that that will sink in to our spirit men and women in, in, in a deeper way than ever before. And that we will stand on the knowledge and the conviction that you are God. You are bigger than anything we face. Your word is true. And circumstances and experiences of life can never trump the word of God. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that, that you will raise up a generation of, of leaders and business leaders that will shift the atmosphere in this nation. I thank you, Lord, that by your spirit and by your power, we will be ready for the, for the, um, for the awakening that will happen, for the complete change, for the revival that's coming in Jesus' name. I thank you for, for Aaron, for her husband, Tony, for their, for their family, their kids, their grandchildren. For, for Joy Magazine, all the affiliates of Joy Magazine, we pray your blessing, your favor, your, uh, yeah, that they will just, wherever they go, Lord, that they will find your favor as they already have. And I pray that you will bless them and that they will, they will go from strength to strength and glory to glory in every area that they are operating in. Thank you that you will continue to lead Aaron and Harvey with your wisdom, with your knowledge, with your, with your passion as they proclaim the Word of God, the biblical worldview with so much passion and conviction. We thank you for that, Lord, and we pray your protection over them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Hans. Aaron, how how can people practically stay involved, be involved, and support and help Joy and all your efforts right now? Please, we ask them to take out a subscription to Joy. Okay. Um, you know, they can just contact our office. Um, I can give you the number. It's 021-852-4061. 
021-852-4061. And we will be waiting for the calls. We'd love to take that in effect to just become part of our team because as a subscriber, they also get a beautiful gift. We've been giving away, you know, we published these Bible in a nutshell books. And um, I know that we've got some that we're giving as gifts. If you take a subscription, it gets delivered door to door, you know, right to your house. And the more people we have aligned with us that can help us and support us, the more we can get the Word of God out um, and, and also help build practical um, Christians. When I say that, because we're biblical worldview teaching and um, informed Christians. So good. So thank you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I've also, in this post, I've put uh, the website details, the email address, so you guys can, can get hold of them, get in touch. Uh, it's not just to help them, it's also to help you, the body of Christ, and, and the Church of South Africa. I think that's ultimately the amazing thing. And I'm sure as soon as we can fly and travel again, Joy Travel will be operating, and uh, people can book their trips. I'm excited to go on one next year, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so let's see how uh, that all goes Erin uh, and your team I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that, that, I, that I was able to speak to you today thank you for sharing your heart thank you for sharing your passion I'm encouraged, I'm inspired and I'm sure many that have been listening are as well uh, so thank you for that uh, may God bless you and strengthen you and, and your ministry as you go forward and uh, enjoy your anniversary next month and I hope that at some point we can uh, have a great family get together with you guys. Thank you so I'm much. Sure, it can. Thank you, and thank you for this opportunity, and thank you for everyone who's given up the time to be part of the show today. Thank you for that. We value and appreciate you. Wonderful. I'm just going to greet the people here, Erin. Excuse me for a sec. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of today. I really appreciate it. What an amazing conversation with an amazing lady. I'm so inspired and encouraged. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, just a quick reminder that you guys can uh, go, you can still be a part of our marriage seminar that's uh, running tonight and the next couple of weeks. You can go to Quicket to get your tickets. Thank you so much once again for joining us. What an amazing, amazing time in His presence. Please join us next week. I'm very excited to announce that I will be speaking to Dominic Cassie Carstens next week. Uh, the founder of The World Needs a Father is an amazing man of God. They've got an amazing movement going. Uh, to get rid of, <laughs> I believe, fatherlessness in our world, one family at a time, one ma man at a time. So come and watch that, be a part of that. And then on Thursday next week, I'm speaking to probably the king of gospel music in South Africa, Dr. Toomey. So come and join us for that. Come and have a great conversation with him. It's going to be awesome. We're excited to have you here. On that note, God bless you. Have a beautiful day. And remember that God's love can unlock anything in your life. God bless you guys and goodbye.